0: And I've seen too many guys fail to really think about or at least have some sort of vision for what they actually want, what they truly want, which would provide meaning and purpose in their lives. We're going to talk a lot about taking action today. That's something you do. Um, You're a mindset coach. You've coached hundreds of guys in the NBA. You played in the NBA. It's like, where does a guy start when he wants to improve himself?
1: One of the hardest things to do is actually start.
0: what's up man great to see you great to have you on the podcast Ryan I appreciate it man been a,
1: been a big fan you've had some really good friends of mine on so I gotta I gotta outperform those guys
0: I'm sure that you will I'm sure that you will we had some good discussions via email and um a mutual friend Matt Jenkins introduced yeah. us so I wanted to give Matt a shout out Matt yeah. is I I don't know how how much you know him or if you saw him at an event or something but Matt is a super networker. He's incredibly networked and uh, yeah. and he knows how to connect people really well.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I spoke at a company event of his down in Dallas and he came up after the talk. He's like, hey, you've got to meet my friend, Ryan. He's He's got a podcast. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of it or not. It's called Order Man. I'm like, uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> he hasn't heard of it. He's like, oh, okay. Let me see if I can introduce you. And usually I don't think anything of it because people will say those type of things, but just yeah. follow-up. And as we will be talking about his power of taking action and being true to his word, it's amazing. And most yeah. people
0: don't. No, I'm glad he does, man. He's been a good friend for years and obviously an avid supporter of what we do. Uh, it is interesting, I will say, and this might come across a little arrogant or egotistical. Uh, every once in a while, I run into a, a guy about our age and and he'll he'll ask, you know, what is it that you do? I'm like, I have a podcast. And he's like, oh, what's it called? And, they, and I say, order of man. And at this point, it's almost... It, again, it sounds so arrogant, but it's <laughs> no,
1: almost—it's
0: it. almost weird at this stage if they haven't heard of it. And I, yeah. Yeah. and and that's just a testament to guys like you who come on the podcast and our, our guests and the guys that are listening and applying. So, man, just just honored to have you here today.
1: Well, I, I, that's really cool. It, but it isn't it humbling when you hear like talk to people who don't know about it, and you're like, ah, I got so many more people to reach. Right, And I always tell people like, hey, if, if you think you ever are going to be the biggest in some area and that's your ultimate goal and that's what you're striving for, you probably shouldn't. Because then just go search the number one cricket player in India and see how many followers he has. And tell me if you've ever heard his name and he's got millions and millions of followers. So stop stressing about that, people that think like that's the end goal. But I digress. And anyways, let's it's get hard, it.
0: though, because we we. uh. We fall into a comparison trap, I think, a lot of the times. And we think that if somebody's got a million followers, then we have to have a million one. And, totally, you know, as nice as that is, I don't really think the surface level things that most of us try to achieve in our lives are actually the deep and meaningful goals that are significant to us. We just do it because we think we're supposed to or because we're comparing ourselves. And I've seen too many guys fail to really think about or at least have some sort of vision for what they actually want, what they truly want, which would provide meaning and purpose in their lives.
1: It's good, man. It's very yeah, spot on.
0: What do you, uh, what do you suggest to somebody who or well, let me back up. Where do you start on this path? We're going to talk a lot about taking action today. That's something you do. Um, you're a mindset coach. You've coached hundreds of guys in the NBA. You played in the NBA. It's like, where does a guy start when he wants to improve himself?
1: Yeah, and it's a phenomenal question, because one of the hardest things to do is actually start and actually go. And a lot of people will hold themselves back from that because they think, well, hey, I don't have the whole picture together. Like, I don't know what it's going to look at, like, at the end result. Nobody knows what it's going to look like at the end result. Ryan, you and I can both attest to, like, we don't know where we'll be five years from now, 10 years from now. But if we don't take a step forward... Like we are literally going to go backwards. Every day you get the option to either, hey, I'm going to try to take a step forward because you never stay the same. Our human neurological system, our biology, physiology, everything is changing. We have 300 billion cells in our body that are changing every single day. That's 1% of your entire being. So over the course of 100 days, literally every cell in your body is new. So why I say that is people can get this picture of, wow, we are changing. So if you think you're just going to stay the same, you're not. You're going to digress. So the biggest thing that you can do is think about, all right, what is my God-given gift? Okay, Not what do I, like, what am I super passionate about? Because a lot of people say, hey, you know what? I'm really passionate about playing video games or eating food. Okay, (laughs) that's probably not your God-given gift. That's cool. But what are you, like... What can other people, ask people around you, ask people who will tell you the truth. What are you really, really good at? People come back to me and they're like, David, you're a great encourager. And now I think of that like, well, that doesn't really take any skill. I mean, anybody can be an encourager, but I lean into that. If I have an ability to see the best in people and help them unlock their roadblocks to get it out. So think about what are people telling you around you? Truth tellers, I'm not saying the American Idol syndrome where everybody tells you you're the greatest singer and you actually suck. No, those aren't the people you want to surround yourself with. So figuring out what your God-given gift is and then also figuring out how can you use that for a purpose for others? Mm. And I want to say that is like if you only use your God-given gift for you, like we are talking about the followers or even looking at having a massive bank account, you and I both know billionaires who are extremely just have hate their life. They're stressed. They they have no purpose in their life other than to just accumulate a lot of money. And when you die, that money is not going with you. Steve Jobs, super wealthy, super famous, on his deathbed, and he was miserable. He had no, no, like, nobody around him. So figuring out what your God-given gift is, your skill, your ultimate skill, and then how can you put it in purpose for the benefit of others? So we could call this. I'm hesitant to call it passion. I like to call it just basically God-given skill with purpose equals mission. That's when you know you're on a mission. Now, also saying this, Ryan, we aren't going to know, especially younger people, you have to figure it out. The The first swing you take is not gonna be the home run. The first girl you date is probably not gonna be the one that you marry. You have to actually do, and you learn from doing. I got my MBA, Masters in Business, in school. And I can't tell you one thing I learned about business in there that I actually applied. It's all through trial and error. It's all through actually doing. And the greatest way to actually learn is just by going and by failing. And I know, I know it sounds cliche, hey, yeah, fail, that's how you grow. But think about it. That's the only way that we actually do. So long answer to that question is just do, because one of the, in in action, is actually inaction, and that's the worst action you can take. So you know one of my favorite feelings in the world? It's getting a great night's sleep on cozy and comfortable sheets and blankets, and for me and my wife, that is absolutely cozier. Cozier, more comfortable than cotton. It's made from bamboo, and get this, it has been featured on Oprah's favorites list. Oprah, yeah, favorites list for the last four years in a row. They even give a 100-night sleep test. It means you can try them out for 100 nights, and if you don't like it, you get fully refunded. It's high quality, so cozy, so comfy, you won't want to get out of bed. And now I teach people to get just jump out of bed. But with Cozy Earth, you ain't going to want to get out of bed. And what they're doing for my listeners is incredible. Never been done before. 40% off. Are you kidding me? 40% off? If you go to Cozy Earth, C-O-Z-Y, Earth, com and enter the code DavidNurse40 at checkout. That is DavidNurse40. You will get 40% off the best covers, the best sheets you've ever had in your life. Trust me, you will absolutely love these. You'll probably be sleeping in the next time I do a podcast. Check them out, CozyEarth.com, DavidNurse40 for your special discount.
0: Mm. I like that. You know, you said something in passing that I contend with a little bit. You said I I think you said your God-given gift is that of an encourager. I think is the term you used. Mm-hmm. And you said that's not really that hard. And that's I take a little issue with that. I think Yeah. I think one way that we can identify what we're naturally gifted with, what we're talented with is if we're doing things and they seem it seems like it comes easy to us that might yeah. be something that's a god-given gift because i think there's plenty of people who would say yeah i'm not a great encourager i'm not a great supporter i'd like to be more supportive of my my wife or my kids or my friends or my employees and i'm not great at that i'm one of those people um so i i wanted to throw that that caveat in there because i think people think oh you know yeah i work hard but that's easy nobody everybody does that it's like no not everybody does that
1: that's true that's a good call out thanks for that man because that is like I look at it like, hey, well, I think everybody can do this, but you're right. If it is your skill, it comes easy for you. Other people aren't as naturally inclined to do that, so you should know you should be leaning into it. That's a good point.
0: Thanks, yeah. Man. yeah, I like the I, – I mean, the whole concept of do it is it is just – it's so simple, and you said it. It's cliche, but it's like – but nobody, nobody goes out there and, and does anything. You know, I was at the gym yeah. and, um, I ran into somebody that, that I've known for a long time. I haven't seen him for a long time. And I'm like, man, I need to connect with this guy. And I was doing another workout. I'm like, ah, I'll catch up with him later. And no big deal. I'm like, no, like you want to catch up with a guy. You want to connect with him. Like, just go get his number. Say, Hey man, can I get your number? So I got his number. I put it in the phone. I texted him. I'm like, Hey, here's my number. He sends me a message back. He's like, Hey, uh, let's go to lunch sometime. And uh, I, I about wrote, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be gone. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll shoot you a message when I get back. I'm like, no, I have time today. Like, no, yeah, good. Let's go to lunch today. And wow. I wish more people would do that. I'm not trying to toot my horn. I'm just saying like, you got to exert yourself. You've got to take initiative and you've got to take those first steps. That's what's going to drive you towards something great. Eventually.
1: Man, but but think about all the times that you have stepped into a room or a situation like that where you didn't necessarily feel like, man, I really want to do this, or you have a little bit of fear or nervousness in going in a room with, quote unquote, bigger people. I've done it many times. I'm like, eh, uh, let me think of an excuse to get out of this. But every time you come out on the other side, you're like, damn, I'm so glad I did that. And that's where the growth is found this day and age, man, we live in an excuse laden society where you can basically make any excuse and think, well, you know what? Body empowerment is actually however I feel about myself and look about myself. And, and like, no, it's not. Our body is a temple. God gave us his body to be a temple Treat it as that. Like I think there's just too many built in excuses by people in society, too many easy way out. And that so, as I say that, I think it's easier than ever to be successful. Now, whatever yeah. your term of successful is, you, you have to define that. I'm not saying it's like we talked about earlier, but it's easier than ever. There, Everybody's going to find an excuse. Literally, this the, the phone, the iPhone, 3.2 hours per day is the average American is on their phone, not for business calls, but for doom scrolling, 3.2 hours. Netflix or a TV is 3.8 hours. Look look at that. Like literally if you turn off the TV and you put your phone down, you're winning. You're yeah. winning in a massive way. There's so many distractions, there's so many excuses and there's so and, and now too we live in this like you can get an incredible education off YouTube and podcasts. If somebody goes back and listens to every one of your podcasts, I guarantee they will be extremely successful. You'll get so many nuggets out of life that you need. Now, a lot of people know Knowing is the easy part, but doing, it's a completely different ball game. And right in between there, there's a gap between knowing and doing. It's the same gap between where you are right now listening to this podcast and where you dream to be. And then there's lies that you're telling yourself, reasons you're holding yourself back for why you will never get to this other side where you want to be.
0: What do you think are are the most heavily used? excuses i'm you know i imagine time is there i imagine i don't know what to do i hear that about the gym guys are like oh you know i want to get in shape but i don't know what to do it's like do you go to the gym right now no well why don't you just walk in the gym and start doing so- like you know how to do push-ups right you know how to do a bench press you know how to do a deadlift like do something and then we can worry about the details but what what are the excuses that most people use in your experience
1: well that's a great one. I would say busy is a huge excuse. Busy is BS. Busy is literally whatever you decide is important to you and and you decide is essential. Like I'll use the term busy if it's people I don't want to talk to. But am I ever going to be too busy for my wife? Or when you said, "Hey, can we do this podcast today?" I'll move things around. I'm not too busy for it. Sure, I got eight zillion things going on in my life, but it's whatever is the most important to you. So busy is definitely one not knowing, quote unquote, air Mm -hmm. quotes, how to do it. I mean, like I said, like figure it out. You don't have to have it all together. Perfectionism and what ends up being just like procrastination is one of the biggest things. People will then, now it's been almost termed like, oh, procrastination is a sexy thing. Like procrastinate, no, 95% of people studied in this study done in Canada, massive study, 95% of people who procrastinated We're we're less happy, less content with their lives because of procrastination. So that's not a great thing. But I think the biggest thing holding people back, Ryan, and here it is, this is the biggest thing holding people back. It is fear. Now, fear comes in a lot of ways. Fear mainly comes in the word uncertainty. Mm. People are so afraid of the uncertain. If I told you, everybody listening, the day you are going to die, might sound morbid, But you would actually be more accepting of it. Now we're all going to die. We don't know what day it is. But if you knew you were going to die 15 years from now, five years from now, you lived your life differently. But since we don't, we live in the uncertain. We live in the and it's I mean, it's hilarious to me and, and probably to you, too, is like, what is society doing to us? They are literally creating fear based on uncertainty so that we live in a scarcity mindset and we follow every single order that they say, even though it's a bunch of BS. So we're basically sheep just walking around doing whatever they want us to do because of uncertainty. This recession that's supposed to happen that they've been talking about forever, like the people that thrive are the ones that look at this like, oh, everybody's going into a recession. No, 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 no. This is an opportunity. Look up the companies that were started during a recession or a depression. It'll blow your mind because people see what others say. Oh, scarcity, fear, uncertainty. Nah, 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 nah. It's an opportunity.
0: Yeah. You you said something a minute ago that that caught me by surprise. You said something to the effect that procrastination is viewed as as sexy. I, I'm not I'm not sure what you're referring to. I I don't I I don't <laughs> consider that. I've never heard that. Is that something, is yeah. that kind of like the body positive movement type thing going around? It,
1: it, it is. There's, there's books written on it. There's Ted talks given on it. Really? Like What's, if you procrastinate, yeah. the theory is if you procrastinate, your mind is going to work better at the end when the pressure is on. And that's when you're going to come up with your creative ideas. Cause you've given your mind this time to work and to soak and to have Because, you know, there's hyper focus where you're laser focused in on something and then there's scatter focus where you're doing multiple things. And that's kind of the procrastination and scatter focus is where the creative brain is is working without you like basically subconsciously knowing. So that's the theory on it. But my theory is people are just using excuses to say, oh, I can procrastinate. Yeah. Yeah. But studies are going to show you're going to be miserable. You're going to be stressed to the max. Okay so what i'm about to tell you is going to literally blow your mind it did mine for a month now i have been trying out go exec i'm gonna tell you what this is so just to preface i always look for the extra added advantage the one percent edge and and usually it's something physical or you know it's something mental but i've never found the balance of the two and it's, it's crazy because as being a, a type A very driven person and I want to just have great impact. I don't get a whole lot of sleep. I work a lot of hours. There is stress, frequent travel. I mean, raise your hand if you can, uh, y- y- yeah, you really relate to that. But what GoExec is doing is the mental and physical balance. Now, they bridge the gap between mental health, physical health, high-quality, scientifically-formulated nutraceuticals. So let's have an ingredient spotlight here. BioPQQ. You know what that is? Yeah, I didn't either, but now I do. Energy, endurance, and longevity. Scientifically shown to slow the aging process, increase energy levels, and improve cognitive function. It has won award after award for the best ingredients that are used for the mental and physical performance of best science. PQQ is naturally occurring essential nutrient found in foods such as kiwi, green peppers, potatoes, tofu, and green tea. So what what GoExec is doing, they're putting this into pill form, and you literally, physically, and mentally are more focused, less stress, longevity, you're on fire. It's been great for me and for me being a high performer. It's tough to tough to see the change a lot, you know, but I actually have been feeling it. And what GoExec is doing because they are so cool, awesome people over there at goexec.com, g o e x e c.com stands for go execute. 20% off. David Nurse 20 is going to be your code. David Nurse 20 at checkout goexec
0: com trust me you're going to be on fire like I am go check it out right now. what's the uh what's the law I don't know right offhand where it says that the the work expands to the time allowed or something along those lines so as you're saying that I've never heard that before so that's interesting but as you're saying that I, I my my reaction to that is, well, if you want to give yourself time to marinate and think, and then you can work really focused towards the end of your deadline, just move your deadline up. <laughs> like, just, <laughs> exactly. just just try to do today what you were going to do all week. And, and I think if you move the deadline up quicker, then you'll get that focus without the uh, excuse of procrastination or the sexiness of procrastination. So strange. So,
1: I mean, it's just another excuse and, it and why people, don't take action. There's just, I mean, there's a multitude of different excuses. And I went on a three-year in-depth dive of studies, surveys, way too much research, and all over to figure out why the main the main reasons people hold themselves back. Because we are our biggest defenders. And 92% of people never accomplish their dreams. 8%. 8% of people are doing what they love, there's another stat that 85% of people hate their jobs. Mm. It's just mind-blowing to me like literally it's inside of us if you want to be living the life you want to live. It's there, it's totally there, but you're holding yourself back in different reasons. And the nine reasons are fear of other people's opinions, which I call the aladaxaphobic, the the burn. So if somebody burned you in the past, mm. there's a reason like you like say you got I mean, this is a great one for for dating. Oh, well, I got burnt by love. I'm never going to open my heart up again. Why? The next person has nothing to do with that other person. Let that go. Inopportune. Are you too young or too old? The timing has to be just right. We know the timing is never just right. You make the timing right. The blamer. Is there something you're blaming in your, like, is it your parents? Is it the place you were born is it the status you were born? I was born in the middle of nowhere cornfields of Iowa. I could blame that on everything, but I don't. So is there something you're blaming? The t- the test believer is another one. So if you've seen people that have taken their enneagram or even the bigger one, we're mm. like, well, I'm introverted. I can't connect. Yeah. Why? Because you said you're introverted. No, you can definitely connect.
0: Interesting. So that's
1: another. That's another big one. The perfectionists, like we're talking about the scarciest scarcity mindset and uh, an interesting one that I found on the scarcity mindset. So this is basically like fearing the unknown and you're just holding on to it. You're hoarding it. You're not taking a risk. You're not betting on yourself. This is one like where where people say, well, I don't want to pay anything to be coached or to learn like that could exponentially blow everything up for you but scarcity mindset if you're living in that mindset it lowers your iq by 14 points
0: really 14
1: points that's what the study said with these i'll have to get you with the exact details on the link yeah, of i'm the curious study, about but that 14 points goes from being proficient to just below average or do you just think
0: on- so I, again i don't know the study you're, you're referring to is it is it a causation thing or a correlation thing? And what I mean by that, is it that people with lower IQs tend to have more scarcity or is it the other way around? You know what I'm saying? So
1: yeah, 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 yeah. So that's a really good point. I think it's probably give and take. I, I bet it's, uh, If uh, I'll do some more in-depth dive on it for you and get you the exact study of it, but I'm sure it's probably, it's probably a little bit of both. I mean, people I just look at it in-depth. and think
0: if you have a higher IQ and I, I, I don't know, I mean, I, I'm just kind of, from the hip here. It seems like if you're, you're more intelligent, then you're going to actually look for opportunities, which I think is a sign of abundance as opposed to scarcity.
1: Yeah. Well, that's, you just hit the nail on the head right there. Are, do you live in viewing things as abundance or do you li- live in scarcity? You could even look at it like, well, there's 8 million podcasts. Why is my podcast going to be the biggest one? i am got to compete with everybody else. Or you look at it as like, well, there's 8 million podcasts. There's a, a lot of podcasts doing really well. That means there's a need for a podcast. It's all the, I call it the pop, the pie a la mode. Most people will see a pie, 100%, and there's only a small amount of slice they have to elbow their way and box out and get that little slice. But not really. You can build this pie up. You can a la mode, put ice cream on top and grow it up. Like mm. In this podcast world, there's a lot of opportunity. In the speaking world, that I am in. I'm not thinking like I have to elbow out Tony Robbins because there's only a certain amount of gigs. No. If a lot of people are speaking, that means there's a lot of need for it. So that's the scarcity mindset that if first the obviously there's a lot up to go around.
0: Yeah. Well, plus there's only one you, right? So Tony Robbins is Tony yeah. Robbins and yeah, you know, he resonates with millions of people clearly. But there's a lot of people who don't resonate with him. And point. that's an opportunity there for you, or the way that you say a certain thing. I had a guy on the podcast last week, uh, Dwayne Noel. He 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 shares a lot of timeless wisdom. Uh, you know things that I think most men would probably agree with. Most men have probably heard, but he's sharing it in such a unique and, and interesting and fascinating way. Jordan Peterson's a great example of that. He's not sharing anything new, and that's okay. not to knock what he's doing. He's taking Ancient, you know, philosophers and 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 scholars and repurposing their work to share a message in a unique way that resonates with people.
1: So good and it's so true. I mean, it's why Ryan Holiday with Stoicism. Like, right, Stoicism isn't what he created. He's just done such an in-depth dive on it that he has become basically the go-to guy for that. And I like I would attest to anybody who's looking to really stand out is to make a niche. We be very. Find something you're, like you love. Like we're talking about how do you take a step forward if you want to write a book or be a speaker or a podcast or become very niche in some subject that actually matters for people and know that inside and out. James Clear on habits. James Clear literally studied habits and then wrote about habits for eight years to build up a blog and a newsletter. Now he's the habits guy. Mm. Like it's not like you, you're you not, he wasn't born with it. Holiday wasn't born with stoicism. you really weren't born with it. You develop it and it takes time. And that I think too is the greatest separator as well. As we were talking about kind of full circle and back to the, I think it's easier than ever to be successful. Literally, I call it the don't give upness. If you have this don't give upness about you and you just keep going, it's not going to always be a straight line. The stock market goes up and down, Vegas, you go up and down, but it's progressing upwards. If you don't give up, you pivot along the path that you're on, you will be successful. It will take time. Nobody, as we know, has ever just had. Sure, you can have sparks of fame or you can have sparks of success, but it's not long standing if you haven't done the work to build the roots to sustain any anything and everything. Like I give the example of my uncle's uh, the head coach for the Toronto Raptors in the NBA. He won the NBA championship in his first year as a head coach. And everybody was like, oh, he got so lucky, lightning struck in a bottle. No, he was a head coach for 27 years prior, right. coaching in D-League, coaching in the USBL, coaching in Brighton, England. I went over there and spent time with them. No one in Brighton, England even knows they play basketball. He was taping players' ankles <laughs> and popping popcorn at halftime. Like, I kid you not. But the difference is, he lived in the mentality of, I'm going to be an NBA coach someday. I don't know how long it's going to take to get there. I'm going to get there and I'm not going to give up along the way. But when the times get hard, people want this instant success. They want instantly to get there, especially now if they look at like, I'm sure you get this so much, right? They look at you like, Oh, he's got a massive podcast and I want to start a podcast. Why don't I have 18,000 downloads? Like what, what, how does he do that? And you want to say, dude, walk in my shoes for 20 years and then we'll talk. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, it's, and you know, it it is funny because people, maybe this is the underestimator, which I think is another archetype you you talk about. But I've had people say things like, um, you know, it'd be nice if I could just dink around on social media all day as if that's my job. I'm like, yeah, do that and see how that pans out for you. Like, see if that's what it takes to run this successful podcast and movement. And then we can talk about it, you know, but it it's always yeah. funny to hear people from the outside. They look in, not just to me, but other people, whether it's athletes or anybody that has any level of success. And they think, oh, well, you know, it's easy because this person's athletic or it's easy because that person's connected or it's easy because fill in the blank with whatever. And I think what most people don't get and, I, and I'm starting to realize this. I've interviewed, I think, around, give or take, 400 su- highly successful men via this podcast. And one thing I found in common, there, there's quite a few things, but one thing I found in common is that all of them are strangely addicted to the work. Mm. And that they just let the outcome take care of itself. Dude, and I think man. most people are addicted to the outcomes without the work.
1: Oh, Ryan, you couldn't have set that up even better. Can I hit on that for a second?
0: Yeah, I'd love you to.
1: Okay, so that is so key. And this is what I call system plus process equals results. And I realized this when I was working with one of my NBA players, who now is on a $100 million contract over multiple years with the Los Angeles Clippers, but he was playing for the Raptors. At the time, my uncle's team, and he was kind of just in and out of the lineup. He was coming up on a contract year. He wasn't getting a whole lot of minutes. Like, dude could have been out of the league. Mm. Now, he validated himself based on points per game, based on results, based on stats, like most of us do. And he would drive himself nuts if he didn't have a good game. So it's like, we have to throw everything out the window. We have to do things differently. So all we did was focus on his system, meaning who he was, his ultimate strengths, like we talked about earlier. And for for Norm Powell is his name. It was catch and shoot threes and attacking the hoop downhill. So attack the hoop, catch and shoot threes. That's all we're going to focus on. That's all we're going to count. We're not going to look at shooting percentage. We're not going to look at stats. How many times can you get to those great shots of yours in the game? System. Process, meaning... The work you're putting in, the daily habits to improve your catch-and-shoot threes, to watch film. Okay, where are players' angles at? How can we get the small, slight advantage detail? Who are the best ever to do this? We're going to study them. How did they do it? Get to the rim. And that's his process, his daily habits. So poured in the system, process to equal results. Now, before COVID shut down the NBA and the world in 2020, Norm Powell coming off, he was coming off the bench, not playing a whole lot. The Western Conference Player of the Week, that last week before the world shut down, LeBron James. Everybody knows LeBron James. The Eastern Conference Player of the Week, Norm Powell. Dude went from obscurity and being out of the league to being the Player of the Week. He earns a $92 million contract with the Blazers and playing wow. with the Clippers. And Now he's having he might be the sixth man of the year, like extreme success, because he stopped worrying about the results. Because if you focus on the results... Like you were talking about, they don't come. But if you focus on the system and you fall in love with the process, now I'm going to switch it here to give you the formula because this goes right in step with the. I, I've been blessed to work with 30 NBA All-Star appearances, players that have a cut to 30 and 3.8 billion dollars on-court revenue. I did all the math hmm. to add it up because it makes it sound really cool like that. Yeah, now, I should have been on the percentage of some of those, but no, that didn't happen. Another day, another time. <laughs> So they're like every one of these players hits these three things. They know what their talent is. They they they're not trying to do everything in this story. Like I give the example. If you're if you're good at a lot of things in the NBA, you're not playing in the NBA. Mm. You can be great at one thing. I grew up with this guy, Kyle Corver. He's less athletic than I am. He can't dribble the ball. He can't really play much defense, but he can shoot the piss out of. Me. He's a top five NBA three point shooter all the time. And he's made over hundred, he made over hundred million dollars in the NBA because all he did was focus on that strength. So, you know, your strength and you have what I call insatiable drive. And this is the difference in, uh, you can put this in terms of your own life. I say, do I drag this player to the gym or do they drag me to the gym? And that's the, that's a huge difference maker. If I have to tell the player, Hey, hey we got to work out. Like you got to practice, you got to train. They're never going to make it. Yeah, but if it's a player who says, "Hey, when are we working out? Let's get there at 7 a.m." They're going to be successful. Worked with a guy Domatis Sabonis. He's a three-time NBA All Star. During COVID, he came out to LA just to work out. We, there was hardly any gyms open. We found these beaten-down warehouse gyms, these Jewish community centers that we snuck in 6:30 a.m. every morning. This guy'd already made max hundred million dollars, been an All Star. But he just love the process. You wanted to continue to improve every single day. And the final piece is, is actually the it's what I call relentless consistency. So this means no matter if the lights are on or you're in the gym on your own in the summertime in the humid, humid heat working out, you put it in day after day, even if you don't feel like it day after day. And I tell my guys, I remind them of the 17 second rule is what I call it. And I did these studies through training players for 10 years. I bring a stopwatch with me. Anytime they didn't want to work out, it was one of those days. Mm -hmm. I'd hit the stopwatch and see how long it took for them to actually get into the motion and get through that mental block to where they would be okay. Mm -hmm. 17 seconds was the time that kept coming up on average. So think about that. You go to the gym, man, I don't want to work out. But if you do one or two reps, you're in it. You're in the system. So it's just making that first step so to recap the nba all-star formula you know your strength you have insatiable drive you're dragging me to the gym you want to wake up you want to go to work you're passionate about you want to do it and you have relentless consistency you're taking one step forward no matter if it feels like you're sludging around in the mud
0: i uh i consider myself pretty fortunate i i I believe that i've been blessed with this drive that you're talking about and the ability to be relentlessly consistent i'm wondering how much of it is innate in personality yep uh, or a combination of experiences that you've had as a child and growing up and what you've what you've what stories you've created from those experiences or is this just something like can somebody who's never been driven in his life decide today, like, Hey, I'm, I think I'll be driven and then, <laughs> and then be driven. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, how, how I
1: did- totally know what you're saying, man. And, and like, to be completely honest, I actually don't have a formula for, Hey, this is what, like, this is how you get drive. This is how you do it. I think there's so many things that happen in the way we, we grow up in our past, in our experiences, in our our capacity for drive good friend of mine rich divini wrote a book called attributes and i really like how he outlined it as it it, i I can't even remember how many attributes but a lot of attributes that you're born with a certain capacity for so let's say you're a hundred percent superstar if it's if it's all at the top but let's say my drive i'm born at a 58 and you're born at a 92 you have a much more already natural sounds about right Yeah. Oh, that's a joke. <laughs> I was gonna flip it around, but hey, for the sake <laughs> of it, it's your podcast. No, but I, I I mean, I totally think you can get there. I think people have, I mean, just like the way you're raised might be it, or what if you had to work for everything in your life, if as opposed to like we'll see people who and I think this is a really I mean tough thing for and it sounds like a very first world problem but with people with a lot of money how do they raise their kids because they're always going to be okay but how do you how do you create the uncomfortable when there's already this net you can fall into to be comfortable i didn't have an i didn't have anything i was living out of my car doing basketball camps from seventh grade girls basketball teams so i could make money living in new mexico and giving basketball lessons to a a lottery winner just to be their tax write-off like there's That helped me with my drive, but how do you get to that point? I mean, that might be another book. Maybe you might've sparked another book. What, what do you think on that? I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on that.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of it is you're born with it. I do. Um, I think a lot of it is your, your upbringing, you know, what, what did your parents, what did your coaches, what are the people in your life tell you about being driven and what it, what, what it will produce. I also think it has to do with the stories that we tell yeah. ourselves, you know, we, yeah. we, you and I could have similar experiences and walk away with a completely different perception of that experience. Yeah. And one might be empowering and one might be a real hindrance to, to your success. Mm. But I've also noticed a lot of the guys that, that I've had on the podcast have, and, and the only thing I've been able to like dub this as is this like fu energy. Yeah, like not like like almost almost negative, like uh, like dark, almost Mm -hmm. where it's they're they're out to prove something or they've got a chip on their shoulder or they feel like they've been slighted in some way by either people or culture or even God. And Mm -hmm. they've just got this energy that just exudes like, I will show you. And that's that's what I would call the FU energy.
1: Yeah. And that's can be used in a great way. Agreed. But let me flip that for you. There's people that have that FU energy that, so what you have when you have FU energy is you are seeking validation. For some reason, somebody to validate you. Was it a parent? Was it somebody as a teacher? You're always seeking validation. And at the core, that's what we all want. We want to feel like we are loved, appreciated, validated. That's what drives companies and cultures more than bonuses and financial gains. It's the validation piece. Now, that FU energy can take you a long ways. But will it ever bring you true contentment? I don't know. And I think we're all cir we're all, we're not cer- seeking happiness. Happiness is fleeting. We all know that. We're seeking contentment. And what contentment means, it doesn't mean you're just like, "Um, oh, I'm, I'm done. I'm living on the beach." No, you're content with where you are right now in your life. You're still driven for more, but that drive of for validation doesn't keep you up at night it's like not it's like me saying man if i'm not where ryan's podcast is, if if my podcast isn't as big as his man f you i gotta get there i'm content where i'm at it's not close to where yours but i'm content with that you know what i'm saying like i, I think yeah I, think it's I do a great thing to have but i also think it can be just like anything just like any great skill or any great habit you can have it's a double-edged sword you can also die by the same strength that you have because you overdo it.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I mean, one of the questions I get all the time is that that question of you know how do you how do you balance contentment, like you're saying, with with ambition or desire.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know.
0: I don't. I don't know. I I don't think I've ever reached a point in my life, and even now, where I'm like, yeah, I'm good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but 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 once again, if you get to that point where yeah, I'm good, like now your drive for more is kind of, it's it's gone. And there's, and right. it's, an, it's another cliche thing to say, like, hey, the joy is in the journey, blah, blah, blah. But it really is like, there's never a Ryan, I made it moment. It's over. I'm done. I'm packing it in. Like, I, I know for a fact, like if I have a book that hits a New York Times bestseller number one, which I hope it does. I hope they do at some point. I, I'm not going to be done. It's not going to fill me. Right. It's like you hear the stories of the Olympic gold medalists. Like they're on top of the world, the best in their sport in the world. They're empty after that. No gold medals have been like, game over, complete. Oh, Michael Phelps, he wins the most gold medals of anybody. And then he goes into the depression. What should that show you? You will never be filled by the sp- supposed mountaintop that you're searching for.
0: Yeah, I'm look, I'm kind of at a loss for words cuz these kind of questions actually really cause me to think and ponder of where that line is, where it where it's okay to be content or how to have content and also ambition. I think both can yeah. exist harmoniously in a way. Um
1: so let, let me jump in real quick on like uh, uh, that's really good. Like we don't have the answers for these. Like, oh, we're not always saying, right. like, we have the answers. So anybody listening, this is something to really think about. Take some time and think about what that balance looks like to you. And not even a balance, but it's more of a, a, a weighted scale. And everything can be weighted on a scale, like we're talking about of, it's the, the contentment with the chip on the shoulder drive. Which, which side are you on? Which side are you, are you progressing for? Same thing with, and I think this is is everything for individuals, for companies, for teams. This is the make or break. There's two sides of the spectrum. There's either ego, we'll say this is on the left side, ego, all about yourself, and there is full alignment. I call, I say full alignment with God, full alignment with who you were created to be or who your team was created to be. There's only two sides, that's it. There's nothing else. Every day you wake up, and gravity, society is pulling you towards ego. Well, okay, it's got to be about you. Oh, get yours. Oh, do it your way. When in reality, if you are in full alignment, which comes into the how am I serving the people around me? How am I serving my teammates? When I go to work, is it about me? Am I complaining about what's going on? Or am I looking to somebody else to see how I can serve that person? Mm. And that. Are we all on the same path for a team? I've I've been around all the top NBA cultures. I coached with the Nets. The Miami Heat head coach is one of my best friends and Celtics, Spurs, Warriors, you name it. Every team, when you have full alignment or you're close to full alignment with the same mission, the same goal, and you're on the same page, all levels, GM, coaches, players, trainers, doesn't matter. That's the cultures that are the best. It sounds easy. But man is it freaking difficult because natural inclination is ego what is in it for me
0: so we so I'm glad you're bringing this up cuz we're actually talking about ego in our in our brotherhood the iron council destroying the ego is the title of of our monthly topic and there's been some debate about when ego is good and can serve us and I and I can see it you know I I think for example I've had some so many incredible people on the podcast guys you know Matthew McConaughey has been on uh, Tim Tebow, I think is a mutual friend of ours, uh, Terry Cruz, David Goggins. Like I've had incredible people on and I deserve to be in the conversation with those guys. And on one hand, I feel like I don't deserve it. And then on the other hand, I'm like, no, I do deserve that. And is that ego? And is that, is that what's <laughs> driving me to do bigger things than maybe I would otherwise do?
1: Yeah. No. So good point. Now, I don't even I don't think that is ego as more of a self-belief. And I think Mm. that self-belief is totally needed. And like, so look at it from an outside perspective. If you look at from my perspective and I see those names and then I see your name, it makes total sense. Like, I would totally put you in with those
0: guys.
1: Now, am I like, am I good enough? Like, do I deserve to be in that? And that happens to everybody. I'm sure Tim Tebow feels the same way. I'm sure Goggins feels the same way. And that's, like, that's the encouraging thing. Because when we walk into these rooms, and you created that room right there, understanding that everybody in that room is feeling some kind of doubt in themselves. Mm. Not, I mean, not, not, like, people might put on a front, they might put on a face, but even you admitting that, like, dude, you look, you're the manliest man. Your podcast is the order of men. Like, I like, don't know about
0: that, but.
1: I, exactly, exactly. But it's so good for people to hear that. So they understand like, it's okay to feel that way. And one reason that I've been able to connect with NBA players and for them to trust me is because I look at them as human beings who have issues, who have struggles. I don't look at them as superheroes who are untouchable and I just want to get a selfie with them. And people relate to that. Like you step into those rooms, like with with Tebow or Goggins, and you're not fanboying them. You're one in them. You're in that brotherhood with them. And I think that, like you being able to be open and, and admitting that, like, it's going to help a lot of people.
0: Have you, uh, have you always had this? Because you've you've mentioned God a couple of times is as being in alignment with God, and this is our God given gifts. Is this something that you've always had in your life? Is this? Relatively new developments. What what does your faith journey look like?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, man. And and no, I haven't. So I grew up, I grew up knowing God, like knowing there was a God, but didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus until I was in college. And and everything was about me. I like if you'd have looked at me from the outside, it was big man on campus, best basketball player on the team. You know, he's the maze, got it all going on. But man, I was broken inside, and like literally seeking the next high that I could get. And
0: can I, can I jump in real quick on that? I don't, I don't want to overlook what you just said. I actually want to dive into that. Cause a lot of guys feel the same way. When you say you were broken inside, what exactly do you mean? So I
1: would seek, I would seek earthly pleasures as far as going to parties, drinking alcohol, feeling like I had to be the man. So I would look for those as my, what I say, quote unquote highs. I wasn't necessarily, I wasn't doing drugs and that. And then but the same concept, like you're looking for things that will fill you. Mm. Now I didn't so so then I start going to this thing called fuel. One of my teammates who's a freshman on the team is like, Hey David, come just check this out. Fuel was this just it's a Christian hangout, and they were just singing worship songs. And man, I I I, I thought they were on drugs, they were like, you know, they're singing, they were smiling, praising What's wrong father. with these people? I felt weird. I felt <laughs> weird. I was like, dude, don't 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 invite me to this anymore. But something in me was I had to keep going back because I wanted to know what what was giving them that joy. And then over time, it wasn't a snap of the fingers. It wasn't a oh awakening kind of thing. But it was like these people understand that that Jesus is the way he came to die for our sins and he gave his life for us. So we don't have to live in our own. It's all about us. It's a dependency on us, like literally freeing us up. He was that ultimate sacrifice and realizing that gave me extreme freedom, extreme joy, it filled the hole that I was seeking, and now I've, I've gone on to do a, a lot of studying on this, and I mean, I think a great resource is, if people are wondering, just watch the case for Christ, this this like, guy who didn't have any belief, and he got, went and did tons and tons of studies, and found Jesus was the way, and now I'm not preaching and saying, like, you have to do this, but I'm just telling you what's worked for me, and like, now I can Literally walk onto stages in front of thousands of people and I don't really care what they think because their their thoughts and what they think about me. I'm not going home and wondering, man, what that guy in the front row, did he not like me? Did he not like my talk? Mm. And I kind of say this jokingly at the talks. I say, Well, you know why I don't care what you think? Because I have God and I have my smoking hot wife and that's all I need. And people (laughs) laugh and everything, but but really that's I mean, that's it. That's why I can do that or feel that way.
0: Yeah. No, it's a good point. I've thought about that a lot. This actually goes back to our content discussion we we're having. Is you know, if you're always chasing the external, the external is always moving, right? It's yeah. the the goalposts move. Your your desires and your ambitions as a human being change. Um, cultures change. Uh, priorities change. And so it's it's constantly moving, and you're constantly chasing. But for me, and I and I've tried to be developed this this uh walk with faith a little bit more over the past i would say year or so maybe a little less than nice. is that 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 god is constant like there is no chasing yeah. there, there is no it's it's just there and you are enough
1: yes in and
0: of itself like there's nothing else you need to prove
1: yeah so what if everybody said that when they woke up i am enough i mean think about that yeah like, how clean would that be
0: I think some people will use that sometimes as an excuse to not progress or not excel. And I think that's not true. Um, at least it shouldn't be because if my thought is, you know, what what do we do with the things that we value? Well, we pay attention to them. We treat them nicely. You know, I think about a vehicle, somebody goes out and buys a brand new car and they spend 80, 90, a hundred grand on the new vehicle. What are they going to do? They're going to wash it every couple of days. They're not going to bring any, any food into the car. They're gonna make sure their kids get all their crap out every time they get out because they value it and so they they treat it with respect. And so if we believe that of ourselves, like we are intrinsically valuable, then what do you do? You go to the gym and you take care yes. of your body, you put yes. the right fuel in, uh, you you consume the right material, whether it's podcast or books or music or or entertainment. Like you take care of the things that you value.
1: It's good. It's really good, man. And it's even like it goes even further where you're talking about the faith of like we all worship something. Mm. It's just, what are we worshiping? What are we giving that time to? So yeah, it's, it's a whole that we're all, like, I think everybody at at some level is feeling like there's something more. I think we're created to know that there is something more and it's our journey to seek out what that something more is. And like, like I told, like for me, that is knowing and, understanding that Jesus fills that hole for me. And I'm not saying like everybody has to believe that, but it's really, I mean, gives me that sense of peace that this journey, this life, it's not, it's not the end all be all. Everything does not depend on me. And when I know that that that, like I'll put in as much work, man, I like to like, I call it planting seeds. I'm going to plant seeds all over the place. So I have a lot of things going on. Now it's it's it I'll work, I'll work like it's all on me, but I'll pray like it's all on God. And he's going to, he's going to grow those seeds. He's going to grow those trees on his time on the better timing. And it really always ends up being like that. I always think like, man, I wish it would happen now. I got to have this. (laughs) But then when it comes, when it actually happens, I'm like, damn, good timing, God, that was better than mine. Yeah. But it's still a battle. Like, I'm not saying like, I wake up like, oh, yes, I know. I'm very content. No, it's a It's a constant struggle with ego. It's a constant struggle with wanting things now. It's a constant struggle with like literally trying to just push myself away and bring more of God in. And on the days that I do that, I have much better days. And the days when it's all dependent on me and I feel like, man, I got to do this. It's uh, a man Then I'm stressed. And I, I tell people when was I ask them when when did something great happen when you were extremely hurried and extremely stressed and burnt out with no margin in your life?
0: Yeah. Never. Yeah. So I want to shift gears a little bit, uh, and, and talk about, I don't even know what to, what to call it necessarily, but maybe we were talking about negative energy or dark energy or, or dark fuel. Maybe I I guess you could say is sometimes I think, you know, when I'm doing something, I know I should be doing that. Even I don't want to do, I'm trying to wrestle with this in my head, like go to the gym, for example. And Mm -hmm. one thing I've caught myself saying is and I and I actually take pride in is I nobody else is here. Like I actually yeah. love going to the gym yeah. when no one else is there because I'm like, look, nobody else is willing to do what I'm doing right now. Dude, bingo. And that, that drives for me. Is that is there value in using some of that maybe negative or darker fuel versus positive encouragement? I don't I don't know what that looks like.
1: Oh heck yes, man. Absolutely. Like that right there. I mean, think about it. Like I, I always tell myself I'm different and that's a good thing. Like mm. I'm not everybody. And if you look at everybody and every, just dis- like, if you look at the masses, the masses are literally the asses. I always say, whatever, everybody's going, if, if the news is saying this, if everybody's going this way, you should take a dead sprint the opposite way, because that's the way that it's going to be right. And now it's finally coming out and things and like seeing how everything has agenda driven to it or, I mean even looking at like the cornflakes or fruit Loop study versus ground beef like it's just laughable. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it, to your to your point of like yeah that kind of energy is great because it's a separator. You know like, I got tell people another way to be always successful is do the things embrace doing the things that other people don't love to do and you'll always be successful. You're taking votes daily for yourself by going to the gym. You're different. So when shit hits the fan, you get through it. Most people crumble. So I think there's an absolute positive to that negative energy, to that fuel. And I also think it's very healthy to, like even when you're having these negative feelings, these negative thoughts, to embrace them, to actually like literally understand that they are there. The worst thing people can do in this, ironically, I I did a TED Talk on this, why negative thoughts are a good thing. Because the reason that people are so strung out is because they try to suppress negative thoughts. And anytime you suppress something, you're pressing it down, but it's just building up and it ends up exploding. Mm-hmm. So understand the negative thoughts are there. They're going to happen. They're totally cool. They're totally natural. It happens. You don't have to put on this face in this front that it's everything is positive. Oh, if I just meditate for an hour and I think positive thoughts, oh, I'll speak it into existence. Hell no. We all have <laughs> negative thoughts. Like even you saying, hey, man, I I feel a little bit like I don't belong in these rooms that I go into. That's awesome. That's embracing that there is these doubting thoughts, these negative thoughts. You have to let them out. And once you're able to let out the negative, understand that they are there, that's the way that you can then add on the positive. But you can't, you can't clean. It's it's kind of like, and I'm just thinking of this analogy on the top of my head right now, but I think it works really well, like a, like a, like a zit. Like you, you have to pop it out. You have to get the root out of it first before <laughs> it can heal. There you go. Take that. Take I like that. that. that out, yeah, I I like <laughs>
0: uh, I thought about this with even you know the the commonly held belief is that men are supposed to suppress their emotions and and we're not supposed to be emotional. And what I would suggest is that the guys who are trying to suppress their emotions are the most emotionally volatile ones out there. Because yeah. they're not even aware of what's happening. It's like a tool that's being wielded in the background and you don't even know what's going on or when it's going to be used or how it's going to manifest itself. It's like if you if you really want to be, don't have emotional volatility, be less impacted by your emotions, then you need to embrace them, understand them, and utilize them for productive and effective outcomes.
1: Man, that's so good. And that is also like to be a man and we need more people who are men leaders. So it's like, yes, be vulnerable, but like we've been telling the whole way, there's two ends of every single spectrum, but don't go over the top and just be like, oh, you know, the uh, everything is okay. I'm just gonna love my body. No, we still need that strictness of being a man leader and standing up for what is right in this crazy world that we live in. But we also have to show people our our authenticity. Like I almost think vulnerability is a word that is just used too much and it's it is. in the incorrect way. It's it's gotten over the top. But our authenticity of just like, man, Ryan is who he is. And like, that that makes me feel like, okay, here, here it is. This is what I tell you. Like, this is the number one, like most attractive thing about a person is when they're so comfortable in their own skin, it makes other people comfortable in their skin. And mm-hmm. just by this podcast, like you're, you look comfortable in your skin and you're giving me a sense of comfortability of like, okay, I can be me. Ryan's being him. Like, I don't have to, like, we're not playing some arm wrestling yeah. game. Who's this or who's that? Like, I'm not into that. It takes it too much energy and, and to try to be somebody else or put on a face. Like, it's way too damn hard. There's enough stuff going on in the world. Like, just be you.
0: Well, I think there's other value in that. If you can learn to be okay with yourself, then you actually allow other people to be okay yeah. being themselves. Oh, exactly. And I've noticed that over the past six months is my expectations of others have gone down drastically. And I, I'm not saying that negatively. I'm saying I judge less than I used to. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. hold people to unrealistic expectations about what they should and shouldn't be doing. I was at the gym this morning and I saw this person doing some really weird workout. And I, at first I was like, what in the world are they doing? But you know what? I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I, maybe who knows? Maybe that person's an Olympian and that workout or whatever they're doing <laughs> is what got them the gold medal in the 2008 Olympics. I, was like, I don't know, yeah. but it is very nice to be comfortable enough in my own self that I don't have to worry about trying to change other people or to yeah. get them to fit into my mold of what should or should not be, man, yeah, it's man. a very peaceful feeling.
1: Oh, that's so good. That's I mean, yeah, like we you you can't give energy to somebody who doesn't want that energy. And like you can't be everything for everybody, and that's a, a struggle a lot of high performers achieving people do. But you're right, like you can't change somebody else unless they want to be changed. That might be his favorite workout, and that's the reason he's at the gym. But if you tell him, like, actually. You should do some deadlifts and some squats that'll help you a lot more. Dude's not coming to the gym.
0: I mean, he should do that, but who am I to say? (laughs) Who am I to say hey hey? Give it a shot. See what
1: happens, man. (laughs) See what happens when you tell him that.
0: (laughs) No, I mean it takes all types, right? There's not everybody's gonna be a power lifter, and that's that's great. That's good. That's not a problem, you know. But we get so hung up on and I look, I've been there, you know. I have a podcast called Order of Man, where I try to teach other men how we can be better at this. And so I've, I've taken it too far where I'm like, you should do this. You should do that. You shouldn't do this. You should. I don't know. I don't know what your life is. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what your experiences are. All I know is that I'm trying to improve and maybe something I say or something you say will help somebody on their own journey, wherever that is.
1: Yeah. But I think that at the end of the day, I mean, that's what makes it authentic. If you're just like, Hey, this is what's worked for me. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm into. And people look at you and they're like, dude, I really look up to Ryan. Oh, he's doing that. Okay. I'm going to get on that board. I'm going to do that same thing. I mean, I think that's the most powerful leadership, leadership through, through actual examples and actually doing the work. That's the best form of leadership. And people see that.
0: I wanted to go back to, I am I was looking at my notes. I, I take notes as I do this, cause I, I want to save these things, but you we were talking about, where was it here? Uh, Oh, I wrote this. What's behind the excuses? And you, you alluded to this and, and you said, it's fear. I wanted to get your take. If there's, there's one other thing that I think it could be, um, it's laziness. You know, I yeah. think sometimes we're just, we're lazy, So we come up with excuses as, as to why, why we can't do things. I mean, is that, is that something that you've seen and how, if it is, then how do you condition that out of yourself?
1: Yeah, I totally think laziness is, I mean, absolutely a big one. We're talking about the phone and hours and talking about watching TV hours. I think it is, but I think there's a bigger, a, something something deeper that's happened to create that laziness, some mm. kind of unbelief that you can actually achieve your dreams. Somebody, a parent that told you you weren't good enough or some kind of thing that you blame. So I think there's an excuse innate that creates laziness, but that also that that laziness is based on some type of fear that you have and also like mm. the w- one of the greatest fears actually and this might not go towards the laziness but it is the fear of success well what if you do something and you actually become successful then you have something like now there's expectations on you now mm. there's a on your shoulders it's much easier to not have any expectations it's much easier to just float through and cruise through life and society's made it very easy to do that nowadays that people can actually get by doing that. So, yes, I think lazy laziness is absolutely an issue and I think laziness still goes it goes in hand in hand with complacency. And I think complacency is one of the hardest things for companies to take it to the next level. How do you motivate people that really aren't motivated? Like can you actually spark intrinsic motivation? I mean, you could continue to dangle extrinsic things like you're giving a dog a treat. But when does that run out? Like, can you actually spark that internal motivation that out of the laziness? And I think there's something in the past that you have to unlock before they can become driven in that. And there's a there's a a, a thing called traumatic age regression, meaning there's something in your past that happened where you're frozen in that time.
0: Traumatic that, age, prog- pro- what'd you say? Regression. regression Regression.
1: traumatic age regression There's something in your past that keeps you frozen in that time and until you address that until you become aware of that until you work through that you're not able to go past that Mm. so it's like an example would be this isn't the best example but like if you go back to your your childhood home there you you, like i know from a fact if i go back to my childhood home i'm kind of back in that mold of like oh i'm kind of like a high schooler, I'm feeling like that. Like I can't stay too long because who I was in the past and nothing, it wasn't bad or anything, but that's not who I am now. It brings me back to frozen time. So I'm not saying that is for everybody, but I think the majority of people, There's the the, the past is such a a tricky thing when like how many things have shaped us to who we are today. But the biggest understanding is that the, the past shapes you for who you are today. You learn from it. You take from it. You don't let it. It's not a woe is me in the past. It's a how did I learn from this past that is getting me right to this spot, to this present moment where I'm supposed to be. And then how do I anticipate the future to come? It, mm. If people can get that down, then I think they kick out of that laziness. But, but I don't think many people can actually grasp that.
0: Yeah, it's, I've always thought about even laziness. You know, they're, they're committed to something. Like they're committed to, you know, sitting on the couch and watching TV. Like they've got a pretty good commitment to that committed to maybe overeating committed to all sorts of things. So maybe we can just shift that and be committed towards something that's actually going to serve you. You know, one, one exercise that I've, I've done over the past little bit, that's been really helpful is when I when I find myself in a situation that isn't going favorably, maybe that's a conversation I'm having or a result I'm producing uh, or even just an internal dialogue that I'm having. I ask myself, why do I do that? <laughs> like, you know, like why, why do I do that? And, and I ask myself in sincerity, not like you're an idiot. Why are you doing that? No, I, I ask myself, why do you do that? And it started to take me back to experiences that I really haven't thought of for potentially decades where I formulated a behavior or a belief based on what somebody else said. You know, I, this is a silly example, but this will illustrate the point. Um, I buy good shoes. I buy brand brand name shoes. I don't shop at Payless. I don't buy shoes at Walmart or Target or any of this stuff. My kids buy, I buy brand name shoes for my kid. It's important to me. I'm like, why, why? Why is that so important? Well, I remember I was in maybe sixth grade, fifth or sixth grade, and Tim, I even remember his name, haven't seen him for 35 (laughs) years or whatever it is, Tim made fun of my cheetahs that my mom bought me at Payless Shoe Store. A kid from three decades ago is impacting decisions that I'm making today. Isn't that wild? Yeah. That's one that I know about. Imagine all the stories I don't know about.
1: But how funny is it when like in marriage and with kids, like you're seeing the way that you were raised and maybe it wasn't the best way that it was like, there's certain things. Like I know there's certain things that was different than the way my wife was raised, like completely mm. different. And you just got to ask like, well, why? Like, why do we do that? Is that the right way to do that? But, but most people don't ask that question I no, don't. The thing. Like, most people are not furious and i think that's a gr- an unbelievable skill that will take you a long ways in life leaders are curious they ask questions just people in general now in this day and age if you just ask questions of well why are they telling us to do this well why is it this way you're going to learn a lot but no most doubt. people are oh government said do this and i trust them with my whole life let me do it
0: they have their best our best interest in mind no doubt <laughs>
1: You know, a mind blowing thing that most people don't know is funny to me, the Federal Reserve, it's not ran by the government, right? Most people, most people think, oh, Federal Reserve, money's safe, we have it yep. the government. Yeah, good luck.
0: Yeah, it's. we talked a little bit about that with some of these banks going under. We talked a little bit about yeah. that on one of our episodes early in, earlier in the week, talking about the gold standard and fractionalized banking. And it's scary how many people who don't understand some of these concepts that's impacting their daily lives.
1: Yeah. But why don't they? Because they don't ask. They don't questions. ask. Yeah, they don't they ask. Don't yeah.
0: Well, David, this has been fascinating, man. I really appreciate the conversation. I know uh, everybody's going to be excited about the information you're sharing, obviously, in your new book. And you have a couple other books that are behind you there, Pivot and Go and Breakthrough. Uh, let the guys know where to connect with you, learn more about what you're doing, and then pick up a copy of the book.
1: Yeah, totally. DavidNurse.com website. Everything's there. Social media, David Nurse NBA uh yeah the books anywhere books are sold come out here to los angeles and go to air one and eat way too expensive hot bar food we can kick it out here awesome yeah easy to connect with
0: we'll sync it all up
1: thank you for having me on man i love i love your show i love what you're doing for men and for leaders so dude it's a it's an honor and i appreciate all you're doing
0: right on brother let's stay connected
1: totally